I want you to think about this really quick. What is a life-giving relationship? What does that, what does that really mean? Uh, let's, let's not let something that's being repeated over and over lose its purpose, lose the intentionality of the word and why we're saying it so much, but for something to be life-giving. Can you think of relationships in your life that have imparted into you real life? Not convenience, not just some fun, but life-giving. Life-giving. There is a lot of people in the world and a lot of things that this culture wants to offer us. But truly, I tell you that a life-giving relationship is one that is not easily stumbled upon. And there's going to be a lot of people in your life, maybe family members even, co-workers, students, neighbors, that are not going to be a life-giving relationship. And you have to be intentional about having these things. Um, I would say a lot of what those testimonies you heard today were about people in our youth group who have been intentional about being a life-giving relationship. And we want this to carry over into everything that we do. Amen? Anyway, so a few areas that we want to be really intentional about. I got three C's uh, that we want to be intentional with. There's a million different areas that we could look, but we're just going to stick with these three and try and be super practical. Number one, a life-giving relationship is a committed relationship. I love talking about dating with teenagers. It's one of my favorite things. They, like, cringe. And they're like, ah, don't talk about that because you're messing with me because, you know, they have crushes and they... Their little boyfriends and girlfriends and things like that. And I just demolish it. <clears throat> you can't argue with logic. But you can try. But the more you do it out loud, the stupider you sound. But this is so much more. Those relationships. I want you to say, like, this applies to everything. And I'm not just talking about dating relationships. I'm talking about good friends. I'm talking about people that you potentially see in that romantic arena, and today I'm talking about your marriages, all of these things, close brothers and sisters, life-giving relationships, commitment is so important. And a good sign of where you can get a committed relationship is first going to start with you and what you're seeing with that other person as well, but with you being committed to the most important person of all, which is who? It's our Lord. That's number one. You want to talk about important relationships and what a life-giving relationship is. As a Christian, foundation number one, if you don't understand this, maybe you're not saved or you haven't had an encounter with Jesus Christ. He is everything. And he is so committed to us and we should be committed to him. Uh, King Solomon said it in First uh, Kings chapter 8, verse 61. I'll read it. I don't know if it's going to be up there. We were having trouble before. Write this down because I want you to see it later. Taking notes is so important. I, uh, I'm really intentional with our teenagers regular Tuesday night to bring a Bible. Don't, don't rely on this thing. You need to have a Bible. You need to read it. Check it. Um, and take notes so you can remember this. Do you, do you know you are like a hundred times more likely to remember something after you've written it down? 
I don't remember the exact statistic or whatever it is. And you're able to reference him later. It's just smart. What's the Lord speaking to you? First Kings chapter eight. There it is. It says, and may your hearts be fully committed to the Lord, our God. May your hearts be fully, not partially, not a little bit, not just for today, but fully committed to the Lord, our God. My heart is yours before it belongs to anyone else. Amen. Can I get an amen? Are you there? Are you there in your life where you can say, my heart belongs to you first, Jesus? Fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his degrees, decrees, and obey his commands as at this time. I'm fully committed to the Lord. My heart is his, and I'm committed to living by his decrees, what he says is right and what he says is wrong, and to obeying his commands. If you get that down, the sermon is over. We're done. Let's pack it up and go home. That's, that's basic. Like, just live according to how God wants us to live. That just means read your Bible. You guys love that, right? Are you reading your Bible, parents? I'm telling your kids to read their Bibles. Parents, you need to read your Bibles. Your kids need to see you read your Bibles. They need to hear those types of things coming out of your mouth throughout the week. Read your Bible and live according to his decrees. What are his commands? I'll obey whatever you want me to say, Lord. I'm not going to obey that. Okay, well, then maybe you're not committed to the Lord like you think you are. Let's work on that. But life-giving relationships, the first and most committed one that I'm going to be committed to is the Lord, and I know he's committed to me. I know he's committed to you. That's someone you can lean on all the time. And let's see what Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24 says. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You may have a ton of people in your life that you call friends. He's saying you may come to ruin real quick, but there is a friend who sticks a lot closer than a brother. There's some social butterflies out here. You know who you are. You love it. Floating all around the room, connecting with everybody. You just want to be buddy-buddy hate the idea if just one person doesn't like you, I'm going to die. Why? That's great. Some of you who are the opposite of that, you know who you are. I just want to sit in the corner and talk to Bill. Leave me alone. Got my cup cup of coffee. I'm happy. I don't need to. That's okay too. But I'm telling you, it's those important relationships. It's it's the one-on-ones that you can go really deep with that are going to make a difference. And the person who has a hundred friends, but none of them are close, you're in real trouble. That's not good. In in first service, I was talking about having this much time in the week. This much time right here. It doesn't change. There's always going to be 70. uh, 70. Words are hard. Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. That's always going to be the case. For the rest of your life, there's always going to be seven days in a week and 24 hours in a day. You've got a job. You've got to pay bills. You've got a family. You've got obligations and things that you've got to tend to. So I don't care how many people you want to call friends. There is only so much time you can invest in relationships. Period. I love the idea. I'll be all of your friends in here. I do. I want to be everyone. I'll be your friend. Hi, I'm Aaron. Let's be friends. But I promise you this. We're not all going to be best friends. Especially since I know my focus is I'm intentionally pouring into the youth ministry, connected to staff members. I've got my family with a new son. Come on, with my awesome wife. Isn't that great? 
But that's, I, I cannot intentionally have a deep relationship with everyone. That's why you have to be very picky and choosy about who you're intentional with. Because these are the people that are going to give you life. When it comes to friends, focus on quantity, not, I mean, quality, not quantity. I can't talk right now. What is going on? So funny, man. Okay. Okay, Jason. Focus on quality, not quantity when it comes to having friends. It's the quality that counts. What what type of person is it? Because we're talking about being committed here. Who are you committing your time to? Are you committing yourself to someone that's not committed to you? You you want to see that commitment go both ways. Um, and you want to be a person of integrity with the character and the ability to be there for somebody when they need you. I'll be there for you, Jason. <laughs> C number two, let's be candid. This is important in life-giving relationships. We want to be candid. So we want to be committed and we want to be candid. Can I tell you something candidly? Being candid does not mean you get the license to be a jerk. Too many times under the guise of saying, well, I'm just being honest. Do people say really mean, terrible things? This is just hurtful. Like you didn't, I didn't need to hear you say, you're not helping. Well, I'm just being honest. Yeah, okay. The sky is blue. Thank you for that. That's honest. I'm telling the truth. People don't always need to hear you say everything. Are you one of those people that just like, blah. Stop it. Don't do that. There is a thousand different ways you can say the same thing. How are you going to say it? Let's listen to the Lord and say, maybe you could say this, but maybe you just need to keep your mouth shut right now. But what we're saying here is healthy life-giving relationships can be candid saying, I'm going to tell you something that you need to hear. Bishop was a perfect example of someone who knew how to be candid. He knew how to say it and when it needed to be said. He knew when it was time to just pull the double barrel out and blast you with the truth. And then times and he'd be like, okay. And he would just not say anything. And he was just like, sweet till we're alone in the office or just, but here's the thing in a candid relationship in a committed life-giving relationship, candid you, you have to earn that. You have to work your way into that. And someone who's trying to be quote-unquote candid and just blasting what they call the truth to everyone that they see doesn't have a lot of close friends. I don't want to hear that. Candid comes from someone who's invested in the relationship. You always say, like, even when it comes to youth ministry, as a life group leader, anyone in here who comes in new, I just learned that, like, I'm not going to try and bring a ton of correction I'm going to try and invest in that. You you ever try and take money out of a bank account that you haven't put money into? And that explains our economy right now. Dead. (laughs) Dead. No, seriously, you have to invest into that before you can make a withdrawal. That's how that works. But you need to be in a place, though, where can you hear? Can people speak to you candidly? Do you have people in your life that are going to tell you something that you don't want to hear? So something that the Lord's put on my heart. 
candidly speaking, I just remember talking about this with Andrew and just about some things last week when he was talking about how we should value life-giving relationships, what we should do with our time, and how we should connect with people at the church. I'm going to say this. Sex outside of marriage is a sin. Can I tell that to you candidly? Sexuality in so many ways has worked its way back in, and we just, under this grace thing, we just know God loves us and that he forgives us and it's all good. But pornography is such a big issue. It's wrong. In a relationship, it's not life-giving. If you can't say no to the physical things of your body right now, and you've, you've crossed that line, you need to take a step back and stop. That's not life-giving. That, that's bad. God, God does not look kindly upon that. I'm saying there's all sorts of little things like that, and that's, I'm just talking about just sexuality. There are all sorts of different things. I, I, I'm not really worried, like right now in the church, I'm not talking about the, the homosexuality issue and, and all these other things when we can't get the basic things right as a church. We have real problems with some of these things. That, that's being candid about some of the things that we believe. Can we be candid with you on a one-on-one situation? Are there things in your life where you're like, I just kind of want to keep that covered? I don't really want to talk about that. Well, that, that's saying that I'm not really ready to be in a strong, life-giving relationship because I'd rather hold on to some of these things. Let's, I, we need someone in our life that can be candid. You need to be able to be vulnerable with a pastor who can be candid with you, who can be honest to the word of God and go after it, someone who's committed to your success. Is that good? I want to be, I want to be candid about the word of God in a way that gives life, but not be ashamed of what the Bible says. Those are basic biblical things that I just talked about. Very, very basic. And as a church, one of the things that makes us successful at Living Stones is we genuinely love the Bible and we love what Jesus says. That needs to go into everything that we do. Amen? Um, Proverbs 27. Verses 5 through 6. You with me? You with me? Better is open rebuke than hidden love. Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. It's not new. Our, I mean, the, you may think technology and things like that have changed, but man has been the same forever. It's the same personality issues and sin habits and things like that. Better is an open rebuke than hidden love. <clears throat> Wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Wounds from a friend. That's so good. Uh, some really close buddies uh, that I have in Louisiana still. It's because we were close. And we say, hey, the, patting the walls means we're intentional about what we say, about making this a safe place and not just chopping each other down. Because if the relationship is a safe place, then we can say what needs to be said, and it's a safe place to do it. Some of you do not have the right to speak into your spouse's life the way you really wish you could say some truths because you haven't padded the walls enough in that relationship to make them feel safe about what you're trying to say. They need to know that you value them and you got to deposit a little bit more in there before you can start cutting the way you want to. Because those little cuts, they're so good. And when you have someone who's committed in a life-giving relationship, they're going to see things in you that maybe you don't see that this little cut needs to happen. It's like, oh, that hurt. But I trust you, and I give you permission to do that. You get that? This is what he's talking about right here when he says wounds from a friend can be trusted. Why would a friend wound you? Because he cares about you, and he sees stuff that needs to be cut. Does that make sense? That open rebuke, if your heart is in the right place, you can receive it. 
Everyone just say that really quick. I receive it. Come on. Pride is nasty. And we miss a lot of things with pride. My pride keeps me from being corrected or not receiving what that person is saying. Spirit of familiarity gets here and is like, you're not better than me. I know you. What are they saying, though? Just like put that aside. Proverbs 24, 26 says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. It's sweet. It's good. It's the truth. And honesty just needs to come in. And I would much rather an honest answer that may sting than someone telling me what they think I want to hear to just make me feel good and not lead to my benefit. Do you want that? Do you want that? I'm kind of glad everyone didn't say yeah, because I think some of you would be lying. I think you really need to evaluate. Are you ready for that? I mean, I know it's good for you, but come on, our, our faith is real, and we're dealing with real issues, and it's not just yes and amen. It's like, yeah, we got to struggle with things. Our faith and our relationship with the Lord and with other people, it's always growing. Since anyone in here has been saved, have they become perfect yet? Is anyone perfect? Has anyone reached that? Oh, no working on it no we're not there yet so there's always going to be issues do you have people in your life that can walk with you committed candidly dealing with these issues friends are candid they don't keep secrets even when it's painful they tell you the truth amen even when it's painful they tell you the truth i want that in my life Uh, I can remember some committed, candid people in my life. You know, there was a time where I was at in Louisiana, I was serving, um, and I got involved with a relationship, got my heart all mixed into it, and uh, man, it wasn't my intention for it to go this way, but it snowballed into a thing that just, it just engulfed everything that I was. She took, it was all of my attention that I poured out on her, and then it ended up costing me my virginity, and just so many relationship compromises, and it was so painful, and I just couldn't even think about being a part of the church like I was before. And, man, there were these two guys in particular that just would not leave me alone. They told me what I needed to hear in so much love, and then they just stuck with me. They weren't there trying to constantly boss me or prod me or whatever. They were just there to love me. They were committed to who I was, and they, in their love, they, they were candid enough to say what needed to be said. And because of that testimony, man, and them being so faithful and so God-honoring and just true to me, I was able to walk back through and walk that that testimony out humbly um, and be restored to ten times of who I was before all that stuff happened. But I just owe everything of who I am to the Lord and to relationships, people that were invested in my life, that were able to walk me through really, really hard times. And I'm not the same person because of it. I praise God for. <clears throat> candid, when I think of candid, I'm not thinking like, Susan, your peach cobbler was really terrible. It had too much salt in it and not enough peach. <laughs> like, what do you, who's, what? did they ask? <laughs> like, I mean, if you need to say it, you need to say it, but don't say it in front of everybody else. Talking about, like, life-giving issues here. I don't want anyone to use this as an opportunity to be mean this week. Pastor Aaron said we need to be candid. <laughs> so if I'm candidly speaking, I wanted root beer, not Dr. Pepper. Like, 
I'm talking about life-giving things. A word that I would use to sum everything up is genuine. Let's be genuine. If you partner candid with genuine, you got something good here. Because if we're being genuine, remember the focus isn't me, it's Jesus. We owe him everything. Have you come to that conclusion? Do you understand you are a sinner saved by grace? I deserved hell. I deserve it. But he saved me and he's given me purpose. He's given me life. I owe him everything. What he did for me on the cross doesn't make sense, but he loves me. So if I'm being genuine, the Bible says, man, I need to treat people how I want to be treated. What he did for me, I should do for others. I shouldn't invest there. Amen. Amen. And then the last C, we want to be constructive. Come on, constructive. With some of the stuff we've talked about going into this, if we're being candid, that means we're working towards being constructive in a relationship. I want to ask you, are your relationships constructive? That sex outside of marriage thing I was talking about, that's not a constructive relationship in your life. That's pulling you away from the Lord, pulling you away from the blessings he has for your life, pulling you away from your calling. Are there other areas in your life where you have relationships and people that are not constructive? The whole girlfriend, boyfriend thing, you guys have a choice. You have a decision. You have the ability to say no. You don't have to do that. The friends that you hang out with, you don't have to do that. If you're married in here, you don't have a choice. You do have to be with them. That's how that goes. You did decide that that's going to happen. But you can communicate on how to be constructive there. If you're having constructive issues in that relationship, go to marriage class. Talk to a life group leader. Talk to a pastor. And let's work on some things, but you first be committed. You first be candid in a loving way about what we need this relationship to be. And let's work on it being constructive. Constructive means we're building something up. Right? Like construction. We're constructing something. So we want the relationship to be constructive. Is that lost on you guys or are you with me? Construct. We're building something good. Think about that when it comes to your relationships. Constructive. It's good or it isn't. There's no middle ground. In fact, you need to learn that when it comes to our faith. There is no middle ground about just about anything. If it's lukewarm, he says, I spit you out of my mouth. I want you on fire for me, or at least cold. At least you know that's that's where you're at there. But I'm saying if you have this much time in your life and you have a relationship where nothing constructive is coming out of it, yeah, well, we're not smoking weed and doing bad stuff or whatever it is. Yeah, but is it constructive? Because if you're just wasting your time with what you have this much of, then it's not great either. Some of you may have some relationships in here where you need to have a conversation about maybe they're not terrible, but you need to be intentional about how you're spending your time in a different way. Is your marriage as constructive as it's supposed to be? Constructive, honoring the Lord, being intentional. Proverbs twenty-seven seventeen says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Who you hang out with is who you're going to be like. Age old, teenage prophecy. <laughs> we like telling that to our young people. Who, who are you hanging out with? Because that's a, usually a very good indication of who you're going to act like. What are you going to be like? Do you want to be like them? Maybe you shouldn't go out with those guys for a couple of beers after work. Maybe that's a bad idea. Maybe maybe that's not going to lead you to do something Christ-like and constructive. Are you intentionally going after those people? 
I think those types of people need to be reached. But if you don't have life-giving relationships that you're spending an adequate amount of time with in the other areas, then you're going to start to pick up bad habits in other ways. Like what honors the Lord? What honors the Lord? 16 times in the book of Proverbs, it says, don't hang out with this kind of person. 16 times in the book of Proverbs, this type of person like this, don't hang out with them. 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 Wow. For a Bible that tells us to go reach people and love people so much, sure is telling me not to hang out with a lot of people in a certain way. Well, it's because you're susceptible. Yeah, we're going to love people where they're at, but you need to be strong where you're at. Not compromising. Constructive. 1 Corinthians 15, 33 through 34 says, Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your... For there are some who are ignorant of God. And I say this to your shame. Ouch. Paul, to my shame, did you have to say it like that? Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses and stop sinning. I love how he says, for there are some who are ignorant of God. What? People don't know the Lord? Everybody doesn't just know him? You know that that's true. And I think when he, you know, he's, he's talking to the church in Corinth, obviously about some of the things that they're struggling with, but I just think, okay, you know that not everybody knows him. He says, I say this to your shame because, come on, you know. You know where you come from, what you used to struggle with. You know where these guys are at and what's going on. As far as life-giving relationships go, are you being constructive with the ones that you have? I always want you to feel so encouraged and ready to take on the day, but I always want sin in our lives to be convicting. You with me? I always want sin in our life to be convicting. We, we should want the things that God wants and hates the thing, hate the things that God hates. That's who we should be. And that should be reflected in our relationships. <clears throat> but then be, but be encouraged by this, Ephesians 4.29. Let no corrupting talk come out of your mouths, but only such as is good for building up as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. I, I want that. I don't, I don't want just bad things to not come out of my mouth. I want things that come out of my mouth to be encouraging to everyone that hears it. That when they hear what's coming out of my life, first-time person that's never been here before, or a youth that I've been working with for five years, I just want them to be encouraged and like grace just reign whenever they hear words coming out of my mouth. Those are the types of relationships where they can say something. I've had that conversation time and time again with young people where I had to tell them something that was not fun and they did not like, but they knew 100% that I was in their corner and that I loved them. That's so powerful. We want to be committed, we want to be candid, and we want to be constructive. That's practical. It's spiritual, but it's very, very practical. Um, this, this is a good template to start building and evaluating the relationships that we have in our lives and the ones that we want to bring in. Amen. You with me? Life giving relationships. Come on. God wants this for you. Uh, God didn't die on the cross. Jesus didn't send his, didn't, didn't die 
uh, that terrible death that day so that we would be halfway there. He didn't set up the church so that you would be alone. He set it up so that you would be successful and that you would have life-giving relationships from him and from other people and that we could walk this thing out together. I'm still imperfect. In my life. I need, I need candid in my life. I, I, I shared earlier, uh, Pastor Ron, even still, I need him to speak into me or bring correction in my life. There was even a time that I think it was not that long ago where a group of men were coming together and a bunch of pastors and leaders, and I was maybe a little too casual about what was going on and my dress code and things like that, and he took my hat off my head, and he was like, hey, you know what? You kind of need to give the youth pastor thing a little break, <laughs> maybe do your hair a little better, put on a different shirt type of thing, and I appreciate that so much. I need candid. I need I need someone who's... I know has my back can tell me when I've got the angle wrong. You have that? Let's, let's just evaluate where we're at. Let's evaluate. You know, uh, if you've talked with 20 people today and the 20th person is the one that told you you had a booger hanging out of your nose, the 20th person is your friend. Those 19 others are not your close personal friends. <laughs> The one that tells you your breath stinks. Here's a piece of gum. That is a friend. That is someone who has got your back. (laughs) Constructive is the hardest part of this. Because I want to challenge all of you. If you have relationships in your life that are not constructive, they're destructive, they're wasting your time, it's doing nothing, but sucking energy out of your life, or it's enabling you to just continue to be a life sucker, that's not constructive. We're not going to put all this on everyone else. I'm going to put this on you. Then you need to make some changes. Does it honor the Lord? Can you say when you're looking at all the relationships in your life that you're committed, like we talked about with point number one, I'm committed to the Lord first and foremost. If that's true, everything should line up with that. You can't go wrong with going after the word of God. My heart be fully committed to the Lord our God to live by his decrees and obey his commands. He saw the fruitfulness of the Lord and what he had done in his life. This is a celebration when the temple was being built. And he's just like, while we're on this high point, let's remember how we ought to live. And your dark days can be marked by the brothers and sisters that stand with you when it's the hardest. The committed, the candid, the constructive. That's what I want to reign. Amen? Stand up. I want to pray for you. Amen. Amen. I thank all of our awesome youth for all the things that they did today. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're not done today. We have Robinson Lake at 4 o'clock and marriage class at 4 o'clock. If you're coming to Robinson Lake, remember uh, uh, appropriate bathing suits. If you've got someone who wants to jump in the lake, that's going to be happening. I promise you that. Um, and if you want something special to sit on where there's not going to be a lot of seating provided, so a blanket, a towel, a folding chair, whatever, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Those cards will be handed out out there. Uh, let me bless you really quick. Father, I thank you so much for your people, Lord. I thank you for all the things that you're revealing to them as individuals. God. 
life-giving relationships in their life, Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you would just speak to them and reveal new things to them. And we thank you about how com- for how committed you are to us, God. And we want to be committed to the kingdom and to your will. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen.